Welcome back, bass players and musicians of the world at large. I am Wyatt Walker Ware, and you're listening to episode 15 of the Better Bass Podcast. I've changed up the recording setup for the podcast a little bit. I've moved the uh, I moved the mic on my bass amp. It's now off axis. The capsule of the mic is pointed at the ground. And uh, it's a little further away from the amp. I'm hoping to capture a little more natural sound, get a little bit more of the, the sound of the bass in the room, and a little bit less of the kind of flabby, boomy, close-miked tone. So let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of the new setup. If it sounds better than previous episodes, if it sounds awful and I need to go back to the old setup. The one disadvantage of this and the, that I've been really uh, having to kind of compromise on and compensate for is I do get more hiss. The further I move the mic away from the cabinet, the lower the level of the signal is, and that means the higher I have to turn the preamp gain up, and that means that the little bit, the little tiny bit of analog hiss that comes through the speakers on the cabinet is uh, is a lot more pronounced. So the off-axis mic helps with that. It allows me to not move it quite as far away and still get a fair amount of signal. And I've got about, I've got about just as much hiss in the sound as I can tolerate right now. So yeah, let me know what you think. If you've got any ideas for that, or maybe you're much more of a recording expert than me, and you say, "Hey, Wyatt, you're uh, you're doing this totally wrong. Here's how you should make this happen." Please let me know. Leave me some feedback. I'm not. Uh, I'm a very, very, very amateur hour kind of audio engineer and recording engineer. So if somebody who's versed in that is listening to this podcast, please help me. Always trying to make it better. Always trying to refine the process here. Anyways, topic of the day, talking about practicing in all 12 keys and the how and the why of practicing in all 12 keys. How to get started with it if you've never done it before, why it's useful, and... The caveat, my hot take for the episode combined with the caveat, is that this is not necessary. You know, playing your songs, playing your tunes, whether it's jazz standards or whatever you happen to be working on in all 12 keys, is not necessary at all. The vast majority of bass players who play on massive stadium stages and make great livings and play huge tours and are in amazing bands... I would bet that the vast majority of them have never taken a melody or taken a bass line and played it through all 12 keys before. I would bet that the vast majority of those musicians also probably haven't done 90% of the shit that I talk about on this podcast anyways. This is just what works for me, and it's what's worked for students of mine before, and it's, uh, it's, it's its own method. It's just a method. It's one way to reach a goal. It's one way to get somewhere, and it's the way to get to the place that I'm hoping to get to as a bass player. So, caveats aside, playing in all 12, something that I've really kind of reincorporated into my practice routine lately after a lot of... Uh, a lot of failure and frustration early on, I found uh, I've been finding some success with it. I've been finding some success with taking jazz standards through all 12, with taking funk tunes through all 12. I've been working on, it's really difficult, I've been working on actual proof through all 12 keys after I found uh, this version. There's this version of actual proof. It's, I want to say, Scott Henderson, Jeff Berlin, and Dennis Chambers. I'm going to check my Spotify history real quick and make sure... Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Scott Henderson, Jeff Berlin, and Dennis Chambers. It's an awesome version of Actual Proof, and they play it in the, the first chord is B minor. They play it there instead of the usual key of C minor. 
So I was gonna, I was just looking for a recording of that tune to jam along to. I put that one on, realized it was down a half step and challenged myself to transpose it on the fly and struggled a little bit, but I got through it okay. You know, if I were on a stage playing that, I wouldn't have totally embarrassed myself. I, I made my way through it. I didn't screw up the form. I didn't miss too many notes and it got me thinking about practicing in all 12 keys again. So I just started working on that today. I'm not going to try to play all the way through that for the podcast. A, because it would bore you to death. B, because I'm not very good at it. And you just heard me kind of fumble the time on the beginning of that bass line there. But I am going to demonstrate a couple things. and I'm going to talk about a couple things. And I think the most important part of starting to practice th stuff in all 12 is to not be intimidated by it and to pick something that's manageable for you. If you've never taken a melody and played it through all 12 before and really used your ears to get it through 12 keys, start with the simplest thing you know. Start with Happy Birthday. Even those first two bars, okay? I just played it in G, now I'm going to play it in uh, now I'm going to play it in E flat. And just go as slow as you need to, to start with. Try not to miss any notes. Try not to go fishing around for pitches. Ideally, that's really how you train your ears, is to be able to hear things in your mind before they come out of your instrument, be able to audiate them and know what the intervals are. But just try it. Just have a crack. And if you have to fish around for notes, that's okay. And if you have to go really slow, that's okay. And maybe you've already done something like this before because this is something that probably every music teacher tells their students at some point. At the very least, like playing Happy Birthday by ear was a very early ear training exercise run down to me by by a few of my teachers, not just not just one. But if you're really comfortable with that already, then maybe you move on to something a little more improvisatory or something a little more complex or challenging, right? The example I want to use is a uh, bird blues, blues for Alice changes. If you're familiar with, uh, if you're familiar with blues for Alice, just just the chord changes, just transposing the chord changes, not transposing the melody. Here we'll get to to something like that a little later, but it's a really good one to take through keys because it's full of really really common progressions, at least in the bebop idiom and in the jazz idiom. You start on the one chord, right? Start on the one chord F, move down a half step. And then there's a series of descending two fives. And you land on this four chord in the in the fifth bar. It's a blues form, it land it's a 12 bar blues form. It lands on the four chord in the fifth bar. Then it goes to the parallel minor, and then up a fourth, then repeats the pattern down a half step, repeats the pattern down a half step again, and then lands on the two chord the two chord of the key of F, that's the G minor, and then five, obviously, and then one, and then whatever, whatever turn around you fancy to get back to the top of the form. It's pretty simple, but it's got some little bit unusual movements, and it's kind of a hard tune to think about in numbers. I find that a lot of musicians are trained to think in numbers in one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, as, as degrees of the major scale. And that's all the chords, and they think about that. And a lot of people are able to transpose just by thinking in numbers, but as soon as you have a chord like uh, 
as soon as you have a chord like a minor four in there, even some people get thrown off. So what I prefer to do, or either a sharp four chord or something like that, a more chromatic movement, a flat seven, um, people, people get thrown. So the way that I prefer to think about this when I'm starting to transpose something is to think in intervals and how the, how the root motion moves. Okay, so I'm going to play blues for Alice and I'm going to take it to, let's take it to a really unrelated key. Let's go to D flat. Okay, so here's my root D flat. I know it moves down a half step and then up a fourth, down a fifth a few times. Up a fourth, down a fifth, up a fourth, down a fifth, up a fourth, down a fifth. And now I'm on the four chord. I'm in the fifth bar of the form. I'm playing this totally out of time. Then, okay, parallel minor, and it makes a 2-5 out of it. It goes up a fourth. I threw an extra note in there. Then same 2-5, down a half step, same 2-5, down a half step. And now I have a landing point on the two. And then five. One. And then there's a turnaround there, etc., etc. So that's how I think my way through something when I'm starting to transpose it. And that's how I try to learn chord changes to songs generally. I find a big, huge benefit of transposing things and learning songs in multiple keys, if not all 12 keys, at the very least a couple, three, preferably unrelated key centers, or distantly related key centers, I suppose. There's only 12 notes in Western music. No two keys are truly unrelated. But the main benefit of that, I find, is that I retain the information a lot better. I'm able to remember the song a lot better. I have a constant problem when I learn a tune, whether it's a, a, a pop song or a, a funk tune, a common funk tune or a jazz standard or a bebop tune or whatever it happens to be, that I incorporate it into my practice routine. I play it a few times. I ear out the chords and the melody on the first day. I kind of get it under my fingers. I wait a couple days, come back to it, wait a couple days again, come back to it. I get to a point where I'm really confident with it. I chuck it out the window in my practice routine because I got other stuff to work on and I got more music to learn. Then somebody calls it on me on a gig three months later and, oh shit, I just forgot half the song. That happens a lot less when I practice things through multiple keys from the beginning. As long as it's kind of within my purview, as long as it's not something that's way too challenging, you know, I'm starting to work on actual proof in all 12, I'm starting to work on giant steps in all 12, and these are sort of exercise-y things that I know are going to take me many, many months to get my ears and hands around, and that's kind of going in with a different goal than just retention. But if I'm practicing something like Blues for Alice, something with relatively familiar chord movements, relatively familiar harmonic content, to me at least, then going through keys will make me retain the information a lot better. The real challenge in getting through just a, just a harmony, just a set of chord changes, comes from putting in the combination of playing everything in time and improvising. Just a simple walking bass line. I'm going to try this. I'm going to pick a couple of pick a couple of different keys and pick a modulation. So I'm going to start on let's see. I just played F and D flat. So I'm going to start in the key of I'm going to start in the key of G. How about that? And I'm going to modulate down by major thirds. I'm thinking about this ahead of time. I'm getting it in the getting it in my head. I'm going to start in G. I'm going to play then play a chorus in E flat and then play a chorus in B. I'm going to play these blues for Alice changes and walk a bass line at a at a nice medium tempo. 
that probably won't be too ridiculously difficult for me, and I'm going to see how I do here. One, two, one, two, three, four. Okay, I'm right on the four card. Parallel minor, descending by half steps. Two chord. Okay, and now moving down to E flat. Tritone sub, four chord. Two to five, playing and talking like this is really Ah. Oh, whew, okay, that was a little rough at the end there, and especially trying to trying to talk over that while I'm playing with the mic rolling and everything really, really hard. But that actually brings me to something else, um, modulating in different intervals, right? I, I chose major thirds just so I could kind of get through a cycle in a, in a reasonable time frame for the podcast and not bore you with playing, uh, playing the same set of chord changes over and over in a walking line for 10 minutes, because that can happen if you're practicing something with a long form and you're taking it through all 12 keys, it's going to take a while to, to get through all 12, right? But modulating by different intervals is really, really useful because that's how your ears get trained to kind of pop anything into any key anytime. Some singer calls a tune in a key that you're not familiar with the song in, you want to be able to get through it. You want to be able to play it right and not be, uh, not be fumbling around for notes when you're on stage, like I just was, like I just was trying to get through Blues for Alice there. So... We can bridge the gap a little bit. We can bridge the gap between hearing and thinking by leveraging our muscle memory. If I'm playing something a little more complex melodically, let's say I'm dealing with Donna Lee here. I have not practiced that in a while. But uh, let's say I'm dealing with Donna Lee and I am for some godforsaken reason somebody asked me to play Donna Lee in the key of E major. I can sort of get through it. It's not super clean. There's a couple of missed notes here and there. There's there's some there's some roughness around the edges, but that was without having uh I've actually never never even tried to transpose that melody into another key before. And I'm only able to get through it in that case by relying on my muscle memory and relying on the fingerings that I know and the shapes that are under my hands for the song. I'm not thinking in real time, okay, I'm going to start on the 7th of the key. I know I'm going to start on the 7th of the key. But I'm th not thinking I'm going to go up a half step and then down a half step and then down a whole step and then down a whole step and then down another whole step and... That's not what's going on in my head there. And also, I have pretty well-trained ears. I think I have generally a very, very good sense of, of melody and harmony in my ears, and I've listened to and transcribed a lot of music to get there. But I do not have 
perfectly beautifully trained ears that can play anything in any key at any time with any fingering. So in that case, I use my muscle memory a little bit the first time, and then if I'm going to practice that, if I'm going to practice that over and over, I use that muscle memory to get that melody in that key into my ears so that I better know what it sounds like. And that wraps right back around to the information retention thing. You know that when you can plop a melody into a key that you've never played it in before, that your ears are pretty good. And when you can find the real landing points of that melody, and you know where your targets are, and you can hear if you screw something up, if you end up off a half step, you know it right away and you can make a course correction because those kinds of mistakes are going to happen when you're transposing. You're not going to do this perfectly all the time. There's, you know, the rare unicorn musician who can truly just whip anything out into any key anytime they want, but that's not a, that's not most of us mere mortals, right? The important part is being able to recover from that. If I'm playing the if I'm playing blues for Alice, I'm playing blues for Alice in C. Let's go to a new key again. And I screw up the four chord. I land on the sharp four on accident. Maybe it's just a finger fumble, maybe it's an ear fumble. I forgot what the movement was, I forgot what the change was, whatever. I've got to be able to hear this F sharp and relate it to the root note of the key C and realize that's not the four chord, so I'm going to correct it. And I'm going to get through the rest of the form just fine, and I only missed one note at the beginning of the four chord, and maybe I get one funny look from the piano player, and then we move on. We move on, we play the rest of the tune. So that's the way this should go. So, if you've never practiced in all 12 keys before, start simple. Start with something really, really familiar to you. And if that's easy for you, or you've done that plenty before, then challenge yourself. Use the overload principle, right? Find whatever is just a little bit beyond your current capacity and go for that. For me, I'm going to start uh, <laughs> I'm going to start working on blues for Alice in all 12 after this. I didn't prepare that at all. That was kind of off the dome for the podcast and I got some stuff to tighten up a little bit on that and I'm going to continue my uh, my actual proof giant steps routine and maybe you'll hear actual proof in uh, in G or something on 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 one of these podcasts in the near future. So keep it challenging and work on that transposition and do what you want to do with it. Use stuff that's familiar to you. Use music that you like and use music that inspires you and music that you can make cool sounds over the top of or cool sounds within, right? Use music that you find interesting and contexts that you find interesting so that you can push your brain's creative muscles. You can really push your creativity to a new degree. You play something in the key of C sharp that you've never played in the key of C sharp before. That's the goal here. The goal of all of this is just to expand our fluency on our instruments and expand our musical vocabulary so that we can express ourselves better. That's all I've got for you today. Let's all be better bass players together. If you're enjoying the show, leave a like, leave a comment on betterbass.substack.com. Substack is the home of the podcast. You can get on the mailing list there. You can get every episode delivered straight to your inbox. New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the time being, at least as I'm recording this podcast, trying to keep that schedule up to the best of my ability. And I'll see you in the next episode.